Hello and welcome to the Sleep Teacher Pod, the podcast for all the parents out there who just want sleep. I'm Christy, owner of The Sleep Teacher, and I am joined by my colleague, Beth. If you are in the trenches of sleep deprivation, we see you, we feel you, and trust us, this podcast is going to become your new BFF. We want you to know that you can still be a lovingly attached parent and get good sleep. You don't have to choose between the two. So pop Bub in the carrier, grab yourself a coffee, put those headphones in, because we have all the sleep tips coming your way. Let's get napping, Mama. Hello, everybody. It is Christy and Beck from The Sleep Teacher. We hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Can't believe it. <laughs> Millie heading into a new year. Oh, my gosh, already. It is crazy. It just, I think. It was so fun. So good. I know. I just haven't stopped <laughs> stopped eating. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> I'm a child myself, so I, like, oh, go full it's hard. so nice. Did your kids have a nice Christmas? <laughs> yeah, so good. It was beautiful. Oh, it's such a fun age, too. Like, when they start to have those personalities, it's, yeah, it really is so fun. But, yeah, I don't know. We've just not stopped because obviously we go away for that week before Christmas and then get home Christmas Eve and we have a Christmas party and then we have like <laughs> we have like cricket like a big community cricket game and it just doesn't stop so so fun yeah but and yeah and we're going to Japan next week skiing so um it's all all downhill for me really all packed then <laughs> <laughs> Ready to go? Yeah, but we thought... Or are you a night before packer? Oh, no. no. Uh, I'm like, I get super excited. So being the snow, like it's pretty easy because we go skiing. So it's just all ski gear. It's not, it's not the exciting stuff. Like usually uh-huh. when we're going... Do you hire that stuff? Or do you pack no, it? we only hire the kids' um, snowboards and snow boots. Like oh. we've all got our own clothes, and Mitch and I have our own snowboards, but we don't buy them for the kids. I feel because... like that would be so bulky, like packing all that puffy. Yeah, gear. it's not too bad because it pushes down. Yeah, right. And you can just pop them in those like vacuum bags. Oh, the vacuum. Yeah, right. Yeah, but we're literally going for two weeks skiing, so I don't really need a lot of other sort of clothes. You just are you a in. good skier? Or are you like you? No, I'm snowboard. You good though. Most oh. of the time upright or like a little bit on the yeah, ground? Yeah, look, I wasn't, but I've had a few lessons, so <laughs> I go all right. And I do find it's like similar to the surfing too, so it's a bit more familiar. Familiar movement, but don't even start me on skiing. I'm horrendous. <laughs> oh, I just, I had a, such a bad experience when I was young. We went skiing in Avoriaz and for, <laughs> I nearly died, I swear. Oh. I was like, there was no barrier and yeah. My husband that like took me on this bloody what's under black like red or something red blue run. Oh, green just I was a beginner and I like ended up going backwards and nearly falling oh. off a cliff never again I will never ski again <laughs> in Queenstown there's the like little travelator thing it's got like a clear tube that goes over it just to oh. keep everyone like away from the snow if it's snowing or not and um. I crashed into it and like it's, it's transparent. So like people saw me coming towards and I'm going, big oh, no. pizza, big pizza, big pizza, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> so that was my last time on skis. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Um, it was my fan. first and last time on skis, basically. I just go and have the hot chocolate now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did. I literally went and sat down and had a seltzer while I watched the others. <sighs> but yeah, so onto the snowboarding from there. But yeah, I don't know. I just thought today heading closer towards the new year, you know, the new year new me sort of thing <laughs> we'd yep. get on uh, and do a little bit of a chit chat about do the babies do that too new year me, me mum I'm gonna sleep <laughs> for you 
little bit of goal setting. Like where do we actually start with sleep training, so to speak, because it can feel so overwhelming. And we want you to know that it is small, realistic, little goals, focusing on small wins each day, not ripping the Band-Aid off and just doing everything at once because that's not going to be fun for anyone and you're really probably not going to achieve anything. So <laughs> you disagree? <laughs> well, it depends. Like I'm a bit, bit one of those people that are like, okay, this is my plan. I just want to get it done. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. Like <laughs> I know, but with a lot of babies, obviously there can be a lot of factors to consider. So yes, it can feel sure. like... Depends oh on my your personality. God. Yeah. Yeah. And for some parents too, they'll go, okay, cool. Yep. Let's just wake up tomorrow. We've had a shit night tonight. Let, tomorrow morning we're going to start. Mm. And as you'll find out, if you listen on that first nap of the day is not where we want to start. So mm. <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. Let's sort of ease your mind, help you get a bit of a clear plan in place for 2024 and your little one's sleep. Let's get into it. You need to start with small goals and small wins and make sure you've got so many factors into place before we can even look at, you know, the big picture. Mm. A lot of the time, I think a lot of families hold off because it just seems too hard, too daunting. Overwhelming. Yeah. And, you know, you can really easily make a lot of positive change and not do, you know, your typical sleep training, looking at lots of different things that are easy to implement that will only hopefully benefit the child's nighttime sleep as well. Because, you know, we know that what happens in the daytime absolutely affects the nighttime. So yeah, there is just Mm. some little goals, even if you just want to start so slow and just gradually see those little wins happen and then get a bit more confident with moving forward with the momentum. Yeah, it really is like a knock-on effect. So you need to ensure that All those factors are in place during the day in order to encourage good night's sleep and sort of vice versa as well. So, yeah, I guess essentially like where do we start? Well, it's always obviously great to have a goal in mind. And even on our intake form when we're working with clients with phone consults, we do have what do you hope to achieve from this sleep assessment? And it's nice to have that in the back of your mind, but just be mindful. Like it's usually not going to all fall into place in one go. You need to just work on those small wins bit by bit. And as they sort of start to fall into place, you'll see the next thing start to fall into place. And I think when we work with clients, usually we say, look, let's give it a full two weeks to sort of start to see a lot of these things fall into place. And it's going to be age dependent as well. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, like I think the first thing I would say, you want to make sure like you've got a conducive sleep environment. Sleep environment is a big one. You need to make sure that your baby's sleep environment is going to complement long stretches of sleep and encourage them to settle because if it's brightly lit, there's so much stimulation, it's not going to encourage sleep and it's going to be hard for them. We all sleep better in a nice dark room. So that would definitely be our first sort of recommendation, making sure you've got that environment set up for sleep. And like I just said, that would be dark room, some white noise, whether it be a swaddle or a sleeping bag. What else? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say as well, once you've got your environment, even if you don't want to, if your baby's so used to contact napping and sleep on the go, the next thing would be just looking at your day and grabbing a routine that's sort of age appropriate to your child. And then even just trying to start settling them in that room, like, because eventually, obviously, you've got to want them in the cot or sleeping in there. So at least then they can start to be a little bit familiar with 
the dark room, like the white noise, the sleeping bag and all that sort of thing, even if you start then to just settle them in there yeah, on you or in the pram or whatever it is because then you're just slowly exposing them to, okay, this Mm. is what it's going to look like. You don't have to go full, okay, great, got the room, put them in the cot, start, you know, so you can just really do it slowly and just introduce them to these things at your own pace basically. Yeah, and that's the thing too, like, we've worked with so many clients whose babies won't sleep in the room. They'll only sleep out and about. And whether that means that they've got to drive them or walk them at bedtime to even get them to sleep, they will do that because that's all their little one knows and that's what works. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you've got to stop that cold turkey. You can by all means, like Beck just said, work on just getting them used to sleeping in their room whether it be in the carrier, you're walking around their room with them in the carrier, pushing them in their pram in the room. Um, obviously, once they're asleep, we always transfer them to their cot in line with safe sleep guidelines. But it's just that getting them used to sleeping in a new environment in a way they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. So again, small goals equals small wins. Yeah, <laughs> And that's what you're going to focus on. You don't want to focus on the fact that, okay, well, I got them to sleep in their room, which they've never done before, but they woke a million times. That's not what we're focusing on. We're focused on the fact you did get them to sleep in their room. They've never done that before. That's amazing. Yeah, And that's the goal. Mm. And you'll start to notice with consistency and consistency is always key that those little wins are going to build up, build up, build up yeah, and all fall into place. Yeah, because we know that we have to give it time and space for your bub to start to get familiar with what you're trying to show them. Like, all too much. I think we panic when, you know, they're not taking to it straight away and they're not loving it. But you being really confident in trying to just guide them to it and not sort of throw the towel in and just be like, oh, this is all too hard. And this is, of course, when you're at that stage of wanting to move past whatever it is that you're doing because it's not working too well anymore. Working. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so then I guess you know, looking at age-appropriate naps. You know, we want to make sure your bub's not sleeping too much, too little. Yeah, obviously in this whole, like, context, we're talking about starting to teach a little one to self-settle and whatnot. So if you are going to start working on self-settling, we always, if you've listened to any of our other episodes, you will know we always say you start on the night sleep first because the sleep pressure is higher there. But you want to make sure that in the lead up to that bedtime settle that you've really focused on age appropriate naps throughout the day and they will they can still be 100% assisted just in the way you normally would but we want to try to make sure that they've had naps throughout the day awake windows throughout the day that are reflecting their age so that you know it's going to make that self settle a little bit easier and we know that all those stars have aligned so to speak yeah it's best to the as sleep best dogs. As I can. <laughs> and then I guess you want to look at feeding. We do want to try and make sure your bubs have had like good feeds during the day that aren't little short, frequent snack feeds because sometimes when they're doing that during the day, they are actually hungry at night. So they they're going to wake and have those multiple feeds. So that's another little thing you can look at in the process of getting to your night sleep and the sleep training, just having a look at, okay, great. You, you know, where sort of your naps want to land. It doesn't have to be exact, but that's sort of how many hours around about when. And then we want to look at slotting some feeds in eventually getting to one feed per awake window. So if you're doing like two hourly feeds now, maybe you start, okay, I want to stretch to two and a half hourly. And then I want to stretch to three hourly and just try and get that spaced out a little bit. Where you're then eventually in that pattern of once they've had their nap, they sort of wake, it's usually a feed. Mm. 
And that's just, yeah, and you, you slowly form that pattern. It's If you've got a baby who's feeding to sleep, you're going to find it really tricky to sort of go straight from, okay, well, I usually feed them before the nap. How the heck am I going to get them to feed at the end of the nap as well? So it is, again, just small shifts that we're going to make and moving those goalposts just a little bit slightly sort of each and every day. Mm. Um, and I think, too, it makes it so much easier for you as the parent as well to go, oh, my gosh, okay, great. I don't have to do all this at once. And it is just slow movements. It's not a huge rip the Band-Aid off, so to speak, mm. because, yeah, it can be overwhelming as well. Yeah. A good time to start with that is your morning feed. So if you can try and get your bub to have a nice big drink when they wake up, that can really... Regardless of like what time they last fed. So Mm. even if they fed at five and then they wake at seven, still offer that feed in the morning. Mm. Because it can really set you up well for the day and because then you know, okay, they've had a little something, at least with our routines, we like to just have a little short morning nap. So hopefully you know, that's a easy step for you to get to of like, okay, let's just try and get through till after. If you are feeding to sleep, you could really slowly pull that back. So feed them a little bit before and not fully to sleep, like quite drowsy. There are different ways about doing it, but as long as every day you can just get a little bit closer to where you're trying to go. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Slowly move the goalposts. Mm. Uh, so yeah. So I guess once we've got the environment in place, those assisted naps that are reflective of an age-appropriate routine and awake windows, feeds as well, like Beck just touched on, trying to get those good feeds throughout the day. Obviously, if your little one is sort of relying on something to settle, you're probably more than likely going to find there's a bit of catnapping happening throughout the day, and that's fine. So don't stress about that. But you could then start to introduce some settling at bedtime if that's what you're wanting to achieve. And then from there, once you've worked on that bedtime settle, you're probably more than likely going to find that night sleep just starts to um, consolidate into sort of sections. We might just sort of touch on to like what we would expect to see in terms of consolidation of sleep cycles and things like that. Because what we would see is that self-settle at bedtime start to fall into place and get a little bit easier and easier and easier. The first couple of nights, it can be a little bit tricky. It's all a new skill. And for some babies, it's super quick and they get it the first night. For some, it can take sort of, you know, three or four nights. Then usually we would start to see that first stretch of night sleep consolidate and there might be a wake around between 10.30, 11.30 at night. And usually, more often than not, most people will choose to feed here if their baby's sort of gone from having, you know, three or four night feeds, they may choose to feed here. And then we'll see they'll resettle and they'll usually, again, do another stretch of sleep closer to sort of 2 or 3 a.m. Again, usually the same thing. It might be a feed or a resettle, a pat, a dummy. And then they sort of go through until morning. And that's usually that process that we would see. For some clients, we'll say, oh, look, your baby's doing really well. Um, We think we can start to work on pushing out that first feed and work on consolidating that first wake because, again, it's those wakes between sleep cycles similar to that 40 minutes of a day that we just have to teach a little one to consolidate and resettle because resettling is a lot harder than Mm self-settling. Ain't that the truth. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it takes a lot of patience to resettle. It's just because off the back of sleep, the sleep pressure is not as high. But once we're down to those two consistent wakes, which is, Usually in our experience, like a few nights, it doesn't take long to get down to that. That's when, yeah, you can go, yep, cool, I'm ready to start working on that first wake now. Mm. It is pretty common as well to see 
for some littler bubs, you might see a third wake early morning rise. That's as well. Yeah, especially like, if they're having like a feed or something and they're having a quick feed back to sleep. Yeah. So that one can be one to stamp out first. If you do see that 11 and 3 and then that awkward 5, 5.30 wake, if you know you can give a little quick feed there and they go back to sort of closer to 7, then great. Um, for older bubs, we would obviously try and resettle there and squash that feed out and so they have a nice big one when they wake up around that 637 mark. Another thing that can happen is if you do start to see some momentum at night, like a few days in, it can sort of feel like you're back at night one again for some babies, but this is common and it's just sort of they're figuring out where they're placing their sleep now, especially if like days have changed as well. But that's where we've just got to keep going and then you'll see it go back into that. It's like some consistency there as well. Yeah, it really is about just remaining consistent and trying not to swap and change what you're doing too much Mm. because swapping and changing what we're doing in our approach can actually have the opposite effect of what we're trying to achieve because it's essentially telling our little ones to like protest a little bit harder or cry a little bit harder in order for us to swap and change what we're doing and go back to doing what we were before. So it's that sort of inconsistent reinforcement that can, um, yeah, make things feel a lot harder than they need to be. It just makes it really difficult for your baby to figure out what you are trying to show them or teach them because it's gray, essentially. It's like Mm. when you put a plan in place, you want to be so confident and so like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And like Christy said, like if you start to waver off that and panic a little bit and start to do lots of different things, your baby is kind of just like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Mum doesn't know what's happening. And that's where the unsettledness and it ramps up from there. So It's just really important to have a clear plan going into it, knowing when you want to feed, knowing when you want to sort of resettle if it's not a feed time, what that looks like, what you're comfortable with, and then that's sort of where it will go from there. Yeah, just to recap, obviously, in terms of the cycle of what we would sort of see overnight is, again, that bedtime settle falling into place. So you'd have that first stretch awake around that sort of 10, 30, 11, which again is just them transitioning between sleep cycles. So majority, 99% of clients and babies will do that. And then they'll go back asleep again and have another wake around that sort of 2.33. Again, the same thing, just them transitioning between their two deep phases of sleep and then another light phase of sleep through to morning. So that is what 99% of the clients we work with will see. And then at your own pace, you can then work on those two wakes. It's up to you and what pace you want to go out, how old your baby is, how many feeds you've gone from as well. If you've gone from two, it's probably realistic to start looking at one. But if you've gone from four, then two's pretty good, Mm. (laughs) pretty darn good. (laughs) So we don't recommend working on the morning nap for a little while. Like we would say if your baby's having like two or three naps, don't work on those sort of short naps. Just focus on the longer nap for a little while first because we don't want to spend, say, 30 minutes or so trying to get our little ones to settle and push the whole day back. And so, yeah, so you just want to give it time for them to become pretty confident with mastering that self-settle before you go and teach them how to do it in the day. So just stick to those assisted naps. If your day naps are fine, but you just want to work on nights, then yeah, that's not applicable. And absolutely, you can work on the day naps. Mm. And for those younger bubs, like three, four months, we would say either nap one or nap two work on if you only want to do one and you 
going out or it doesn't suit to do the lunch one because that one can be for that age group that little bit longer sort of that hour mark or even you might be doing an hour and a half depending on your day either the earlier naps are always better to try settle in the cot rather than your later ones like I'm talking post lunchtime nap yeah 100% once you've done your nights you've gone on to your days you'll find that that self-settle will fall into place pretty quickly but it's that pesky cat nap that sort of is usually the last piece of the puzzle that we see fall into place. It's a lot harder. Like Obviously, overnight, the resettles seem a little bit easier because the sleep hormones are a lot higher of a day and especially off the back of already probably having 40 minutes up their sleeve. That resettle can feel ridiculously hard, but <laughs> it honestly does take a little while to fall into place and you'll probably more than likely find that for the first few days you'll try to resettle, they won't go back down. Then they'll probably resettle, but only for a short period and then they're up again. And then you'll just start to find that it flips and you find the amount of time it takes you to resettle gets shorter and the amount of time they actually go back to sleep for gets longer. So it's just, again, all those small wins day by day that will gradually build up. Mm. And not getting caught up on the fact that it didn't, but just trying to give it that little bit of space and that little bit of consistency and have that little bit of patience and it will all fall into place. Yes. It will. <laughs> <laughs> does. It just, yeah. And usually, like we said, it's minimum, like for those sort of consolidations, is usually like roughly two weeks, like for the lunch nap. Yeah. That's if you're doing a long lunch nap and a short morning nap. All the possibilities. And then really like from there, it's usually more so about just finding out sort of that routine that works for you the flow that works for you as well. Like, are, are you happy to just continue having naps on the go in the morning or the late afternoon? I know personally, I always was because I just found it meant I could get out and about and I like just being home for the lunch nap. But if you'd prefer to have a play around with that, then by all means, you absolutely can. And yeah, do what works for you. Mm, yep. Uh, so yeah, just to recap, sleep environment, age appropriate routine, getting those milk feeds in or solids as well throughout the day, making sure that's all lined up as well. And then assisted naps to make sure that your day has gone well. And Relatively well. <laughs> yeah, as good as it can <laughs> uh, with the shit show that is baby sleep. Um, and then going on to your night time, your bedtime settle and just working on that. Mm. Yeah, because once that's sort of in place, you'll find everything else becomes a lot easier. Mm. And if it all does seem too overwhelming, hit us up because this is our jam. We love being a little cheerleader and sort of offering that support and troubleshooting with you. And so, yeah, it's great. Seeing your sleep logs every morning is so exciting too. Like, we, love, we love opening the inbox every morning and going, oh my gosh, yeah, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> and even the trickier bubs, like we love putting our heads together and coming up with a solution <laughs> there as well. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, because I honestly, even as, you know, as like sleep experts, so to speak, there's always the odd case here and there that we're like, oh my gosh, this one, this one. <laughs> we have one at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we do have one at the moment, yeah. <laughs> so it's always like nice to, yeah, sort of have a look and have a little troubleshoot and play around, but trust us, no matter how far gone or how tricky you feel your situation is, We've probably seen yeah. one exactly the same. Yeah, please hit us up. We're also going to pop in our show notes as well, our five steps to sleep success sleep guide. So that's just a little freebie, a little PDF you can download and, um, yeah, sort of recap what we've gone through today and get those small goalposts in place. Okie doke. Well, that's it from us. We'll be speaking to you all next week. Nighty night. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Sleep Teacher Pod. We hope you've walked away feeling just that little bit more at ease with your parenting journey. Please remember, nothing is a problem until it actually becomes a problem for you and your family. If you've enjoyed our company today, we would love if you could please subscribe or leave a review, or maybe even both. But if you are wanting more sleep tips right away, use the link in the show notes to find out how you can get started with one of our amazing sleep consultants and follow us over on Instagram at The Sleep Teacher. We can't wait to be back in your ears next week with more sleep tips. Nighty night. <laughs>